Well, a very big welcome, and thank you so very much for joining us here at Victory Life Church Online. Really very excited as we continue this message series entitled, Our Proper Response to Jesus. Before we jump into part three of this message, let us just pray together, and then we'll get straight into the Word. Father, we thank you that you are our God and that there is no other. We thank you that you are an amazing, amazing Father. That you have provided so many things for us and so many good things for us and so many riches. And now we are here today to learn how to respond to you. Father, as we march towards celebrating the arrival of Jesus Christ onto the planet, Father, we just thank you for that gift. Not just the baby in the manger, but no, Father God, the whole gospel story from baby to risen reigning king. We celebrate the beginning of the story with the end in mind. And so, Father, we thank you that we can come today and learn how to respond to those infinite mercies and those wonderful gifts you have given through Jesus Christ. We pray our open hearts and our open minds, and we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, a very big welcome. If you are joining us for the first time, really excited that you've decided to join us here at Victory Life Church Online. For those of you in the room, for those of you at home, a very big welcome. It's awesome that we can do church together from wherever we are in the world. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been having a look at our proper response to Christmas. And when we have a look at what that means, Romans chapter 12 is really a scripture that defines how we should be living a life as Christians. And considering that Christmas really was the celebration um, of the arrival of Jesus Christ, uh, and the followers of Jesus Christ were called Christians, it stands to good order and to good understanding that if we are going to respond to Jesus, if we're going to respond to Christmas, if we're going to respond to the story and the gospel of Jesus Christ, that a good chapter in the Bible would be Romans chapter 12. Because by our lifestyle, by how we live our lives, by how we think, by who we are, that in itself is our response to this gospel message. It's a response to this gospel process that happened, but that started in, on, on what we celebrate on the 25th of December. It didn't start necessarily start on that day for you. In fact, it definitely didn't start on that day for mankind. We know Jesus wasn't necessarily born on the 25th of December. But no, we take a moment to celebrate the scripture that says, for God so loved the world that he celebrated or sent his only begotten son so that all who believe in him might have life. And when we have a look at that scripture, the 25th of December is just a date that we've chosen to celebrate that moment that God sent his only begotten son for the world. In the last couple of weeks, we have been also having a look and saying, well, you might have a salvation Christmas date. Remember, I mentioned to you that mine was the 10th of October. What, what day did Jesus arrive in your world? What day did Jesus come to be in your space? And you might be celebrating that date as well. 25th of December is just a collective of all of those salvation stories and a day that we come together of all those who genuinely worship and genuinely celebrate Jesus into a space of worshiping Him and being in one accord in worshiping and celebrating the gift that God has given us. We had a look and said in the first week of this series that if we're going to be responding to that gift that God has given us, we must be responding. And remember in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, What then, brothers, is our proper response to God's incredible mercies, to God's fantastic mercies, to God's incredible gifts to us? What is our 
proper response. And in the first week, we had a look at Romans chapter 1 and verse 2, 12 and verse 1 and verse 2, where it says that we need to change our minds. We need to reorientate our minds. And we had a look at some scriptures in 1 Corinthians, which said that if we're going to be changing our minds, we're going to be, have the ability, the gift that God has given us is the ability to change the way we think. Praise the Lord that Jesus came and I can change the way I think. I don't have to think that I'm a dropout. I don't have to think that I'm up to no good. I don't have to think that I'm not good enough. I don't have to think that I'll never amount to much. I can change the way I think. I don't have to wake up and be thinking that I'm constantly depressed. No, because Jesus came, Jesus celebrated, and Jesus embraced my life, I am not any of those things, and I have the ability, an incredible mercy given to me by God, to break strongholds and to break the ruts of my thinking. I can change my mind. And our response is to stop thinking the way we've always thought. To stop thinking the way we've always thought. When we have a look at the way we've always thought, we might be caught in traditions. We might be caught in religions. We might be caught in certain ways of doing things. But because Jesus came and radically changed the trajectory of mankind's destiny, we can change the way we think. I don't even have to think that at my death, I end. I can change the way I think about death. And I can even embrace the fact that I live forever and the death of my body is not the death of me. Praise the Lord that we can respond by thinking differently. Then in our last session, we said that we are going to be able to respond to Jesus by understanding that Jesus himself was, came to the earth because he was an epitome, he was the embodiment of God's promise to mankind. And so if we are to respond to Jesus, we are in fact responding to God's promise. But we don't respond to that promise if we don't know it, if we don't believe it, and if we don't want to actually receive and, and work in it and understand that it was good enough for us and activate that promise by putting our own thoughts on the altar. And that's where living sacrifice came from in Romans chapter 12. That we are just because we put ourselves on the altar, on the sacrifice, doesn't mean to say that we die. And we had a look at the example of Isaac. He sacrificed, but he lived. In fact, because he sacrificed the way he thought and the way Abraham thought things should be and put down their thinking, they received abundant blessing. So when we know the promises of God, accept the promises of God, and believe in the promises of God for ourselves, He then is able to activate incredible blessing. And those were the three ways that we said that we would be responding to the promise of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to give us an abundant life. He came to change the way we think. He came to show us how to activate the blessings of God in our lives. He came to give us an incredible life. In fact, John chapter 17 and verse 3 says this, And this is eternal life, that they know you, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Knowing Jesus Christ, responding to Jesus Christ, accepting Jesus Christ, is going to bring us into knowing the Father. And when we know Jesus, we know the Father. We, we know He said that, didn't He? If you've seen me, you've seen my dad. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But when we know Jesus, we respond to Jesus. We respond to all of who Jesus was, not just a baby in a manger, but a risen and reigning King. When we respond to Jesus 
and we see what our response should be to Him, we are in fact becoming intimate with Him. We're getting to know Him. That scripture there in John chapter 17, verse 3 uses the word intimate, and that word intimate means close. You can't get to know Jesus. You can't get to respond to Jesus. You can't get to have a change of heart, a change of mind because of Jesus if you're not diligently getting to know Him. When I get to know Him, His role is really to get us introduced to God the Father. And when we get to know Jesus, we get to know God the Father. We get to know God the Father. Have a look at what it says in John 17, verse 3. We will have an incredible, full, abundant, everlasting life. In fact, the Greek word there is sozan kind of life, which means rich, full, utmost, completely filled with joy. So the whole purpose of Jesus coming was good news was to give us knowledge of Him, knowledge of the Father, so that we could have a rich, abundant life. He wants us to put down the way we think. He wants us to receive a promise and respond accordingly. When we have a look at that scripture in context with Romans chapter 12, verse 3 and verse 4, it has a, just let's read that together. It says this, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Have a look at that. Because of the privilege and authority that God had given Paul, that God had given each one of us. So when Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 opens up and says, how do we respond to these incredible gifts? Well, he's given us the ability to break strongholds. We respond to that. He's given us the ability to have this incredible, incredible embrace of his promises. So we respond to that. Now he's saying that one of the things he's given us is privilege and authority. Paul says, because of the privilege and authority that God has given us, this is the warning. This is how we should be responding. Don't think that you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. So one of the mercies that Paul was referring to that we would be given is this incredible, incredible gift of privilege and authority. But Jesus says, I'm going to give you privilege and authority, but it comes with a warning. Warning. Smoking causes cancer. Warning. Privilege and authority causes Pride, says the Apostle Paul in Romans. Don't have an overinflated ego of what your purpose, privilege, and authority are. Jesus came, and when he arrived in the world, he came in a humble form of a baby. But he was already declared a king. He was already declared with privilege. He was already declared with authority right then and there. When he was humble, he was at his most powerful. When he was broken on the cross, he was impacting the most eternities. When he was dying, he was creating the most amount of life. When he was at his weakest, he was being his strongest. And so Paul says to us that one of the gifts God is going to give us is power and authority and privilege. But that power, authority, and privilege is only activated when we respond to that gift in the right way. Here's Paul's words saying that, you know what? Through Jesus' name, 
through Jesus arriving at Christmas, you're going to have authority. And as Christians, don't we use that name to have authority? We say that we have power in the name of Jesus. We have authority in the name of Jesus. By Jesus' blood, X, Y, and Z can happen. Because of his stripes, we have authority over sickness and ailment. The authority and power and privilege given to us is only given to us through Jesus. And what Paul was warning to say that when we have a look at that authority that that birth of Jesus started to manifest, that we be careful that it doesn't go to our heads, that we don't look at ourselves for the power, but we look at Jesus for the power. We respond correctly to the authority so that we can walk in authority. Romans chapter 4 and verse 5 puts it like this, but no one earns God's righteousness. It can only be transferred when we no longer rely on our own works. We are only going to receive that authority. We are only going to receive that power. We are only going to receive that privilege when we no longer rely on our own works. When we sacrifice how we think, we'll be able to receive the blessing of privilege and authority. It continues. But believe in the one who powerfully declares the ungodly to be righteous in his eyes. It is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account. So if putting down my thinking and thinking like Jesus gives me privilege and authority, according to Romans chapter 4 and verse 5 and Romans chapter 12, verse 3 and 4, that's faith. Faith is acting on that which you cannot see in a hope that your desires will become reality. Faith is acting on not your own abilities because you can see those, you know those, you can hold those in your hand, you can smell them, taste them, see them, you can feel when you're in control. Faith is saying, I'm not going to be in control of my own destiny. I'm not going to be in control of my own decision-making process. No, I'm going to give that to God, the unknown outcome. And I know because I have godly hope that when I put down my designs, my plans, I'm not proudful in what I can do, but I'm completely in faith with what God can do, that is when the privilege and authority flows. That is when the blessing and the rich mercy becomes into your account. It is transferred through faith. Now, faith is not just sitting there going, I hope, I wish, I hope, I wish, I hope, I wish. No, faith is a deliberate action, a deliberate decision where you put down your plans and you step blindly into God's. Faith is deliberately choosing not to do it your way, but to do it God's way. It's incredible how much that is tied up into the expression of being a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. When I put down how I want to do things, when I put down how I want to think, and I pick up and respond to Jesus, I can unlock Incredible, incredible blessing, blessings in my life. Faith has been given to us by God. It's another mercy that Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 speaks of. Now, if faith is the ability to stop doing it, stop planning it, stop thinking it my way, and start doing it, start planning it, and start thinking it God's way, you have got a response to Jesus' coming. 
to Jesus' good news. We measure our life. We prioritize our life either by our own things that we know or we can prioritize our life around the unseen promises of God. Now, when I say unseen, I don't mean to say that when God promises that he will give us air to breathe, that you can't actually enjoy the air that God is breathing. No, I'm talking about the promise that is yet to be seen in the situation that you are in. Maybe you're sitting there today thinking that I have been ill for 25 years and I've been waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled in my life. God's promise has already been fulfilled in your life because Jesus is coming and Jesus came and Jesus provided authority over that ailment. But you might be sitting thinking, hey, I've, I know God exists. I know his promises are real, but I'm not seeing those promises come to be in my life. That's what I'm talking about, the unseen promises of God. Those are the areas that God says you need to put aside your own complaints, your own whinings, your own delays, your own excuses, put those aside and continually chase after the hope that I have placed in you through Jesus Christ. I know it's difficult, says the Lord. I understand it's much easier to defer to the way you think, the plans that you have put in place. Don't blame me, just name me as your king and continually chase after my promises and my way of thinking. That is why God sent Jesus to prove that a mere human being can chase after the things that God wants us to chase after. The scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 gives us a great definition of what faith is. I read that scripture now from the, the, the Passion Translation. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. When I read that, I thought I have to have faith in Jesus. And when I read Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 and 4 where it says God has given me faith, I kind of went, okay, so God has given me Jesus, and He's given me the faith to choose Jesus. That's pretty cool. But then I began understanding that faith, the gift of faith, was in fact not the gift of some special ability to believe. No, it was in fact the ability to see that God had given us something to believe in, namely Jesus. I could read Hebrews 11 verse 1, take out the word faith and put the word Jesus in there and it would read much rich, much, just the same. It would say this, Now Jesus brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. Jesus is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Faith in Jesus is Jesus himself. We wouldn't have a faith to have this privilege and authority if we didn't have something arriving at Christmas to have faith in. And so by giving us Jesus, God gives us hope. He gives us faith. Faith is an addition to Jesus. Faith is Jesus. Hope is Jesus. Desires are found in Jesus. Without Jesus, we wouldn't have anything to have faith in. And I often say when the understanding, when the belief in Jesus kicks into our minds, that's faith. When we believe that he came, 
that He came to tell us, He came to shape us, He came to give us this privilege and authority, when we begin to believe that, we are in fact demonstrating faith and we're not worshiping faith. A lot of organizations make faith the big thing. That stepping out in faith is the big deal. That stepping out in faith is what it's all about. That you must have faith. No, I must just have Jesus. Jesus is the center of my faith. Jesus is the reason I can have faith. Jesus is the reason that I can have hope and that that hope can become reality. So in the faith of our heart, when Jesus on the inside of us meets the imaginations and the dreams of our mind, miracles, incredible mercies can be given to us through God. That's what Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 says. But I've got to respond with the Jesus in my heart, with the imagination of my mind. I've got to see myself healed. I've got to see myself as privileged. I've got to see myself empowered. I've got to see myself having authority. Not in my name, but in Jesus' name. I'm not having that authority because I have a good name. No, I have faith in a name far beyond mine. And as a result, my imagination and my hope can become reality. Romans 5 verse 1 sums it up like this. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's mercies and righteousness to us. And He now declares us flawless in His eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God all because of what the Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. You see, when we know what we're putting our faith in, we can have true faith. And when we can put faith in what we are putting our faith into, namely Jesus, we can have the authority, we can have the power, we can have the privilege that Jesus gives us through faith. So, our response to the privilege of being given power and authority is not pride, is not look at me, because as soon as you're willing to take on the good things, you've got to have broad enough shoulders to take on the negative things of life. And how many of you know that as soon as something negative happens to you when you had planned good, you blame God? As soon as we do something well, we blame ourselves. Look at me, I did that. But as soon as it goes wrong, we blame God. You see, when we are able to respond to every situation that comes our way, not from a perspective of the situation, but from our perspective of the faith that we have in Jesus, watch that situation be conquered in the authority that Jesus has given us. We don't think that we're better than God. Be careful, says Paul, that you don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. Be careful, says the Apostle Paul, that you don't think that you can do it better than God. Just because God is taking His time doesn't mean to say you have to take it on yourself. So response three is that we stand in faith, not pride. We don't think more highly of ourselves. We humble ourselves. We become a living sacrifice. And as a result of humbling ourselves, putting aside the way we think, imagining the way Jesus thinks, we begin to walk in faith. And that's the faith in Jesus that transfers the blessing into us. How do I do that, Pastor Craig? How do I walk in faith and not in pride? How do I make sure that some of the decisions I'm making aren't actually God's but mine or mine but God's? How do I check myself in this space? Well, it comes down to understanding some core things. 
And we're going to turn to the book of Daniel to have a look at how Daniel walked out in faith and not pride. In the book of Daniel, chapter 10 and verse 10, it says this. Now, let me just get you some context. Daniel had just gone through a journey with God's uh, appointed people, the Jews, and uh, they had just reestablished Jerusalem and the Judaic way of doing things. And he heard through a prophetic voice that more would, bad was on its way, that there was wickedness in the, in the Jewish nation. And as a result, badness was about to come and override all the good that he thought was happening. And so in this depressed moment, he starts going to the Lord and saying, what should I do? How should I handle this? What plan should I put in place? And God gives him the same kind of message that he gives us in Romans chapter 12. He says this, just in a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and my knees. And this man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. While you are still weak, while you are still trembling, while you are still living your life as a living sacrifice, giving up your thoughts and desires and giving them to God so that he can put his divine plan on them, he will have you stand. When you are feeling at your most weak, Daniel says, God's hand touched him and stood him up. So step number one to stepping out in faith, to standing in faith, know that God cares about you more than you can care about yourself. Know that God has a greater plan to give you more abundance than you could ever hope for, dream for, or imagine. You are precious to God, says Daniel chapter 10. You are very precious to God. The incredible thing about God is He doesn't just love you because He has to. He actually likes you. He actually wants to be with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And I can tell you now that you're not going to get to standing up in faith if you don't stand up in the name of being precious to God. You have to stand up and know that nothing you do will ever lift you up as high as God can lift you up. If you're going to camp in your own plans and in your own pride, you are always going to be at human mediocrity. But when you allow God to call you precious and submit to His precious plans for you and respond according to His great and wonderful mercy, watch you stand up into eternity and into a divine plan that will blow your hair back. On my own steam, I could get this far in the speaking realm, in the, in the, in the public speaking realm. And I was blessed under my own authority and under my own abilities. I, I got to see some of the biggest stages in the world and talk in TED Talks and do incredible things. But until such time as I submitted that gift to God and said, God, you show me how to use it, I was speaking for my own benefit. It was okay, but it was mediocre according to God's standards. Once I began to allow God to work in my heart and change my thinking and help me and develop me, slowly but surely, privilege and blessing with the ability to speak God's word to all the nations became something that I could work towards with God. I haven't got there yet. Still on a journey. Still trying to figure out new ways of reaching the lost with God. But man, how much better it is to be able to be speaking to the lost than to be speaking to my own prophet. You see, when you submit your plans to God and you understand 
that your plans will take you this far, but God's plans are much greater than that because He thinks you are precious and He wants precious plans for you. Then you will find that you, in humility, while you're still trembling, you can stand loved and being called precious by God. Number two in this journey is understanding, like Daniel did, that God is doing more than you think. Number two, God is doing more than you think. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 to 13, he had been praying for 21 days. He'd been fasting, trying to understand and to humble himself before the Lord. And God says to him in Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12 to 13, I have come in answer to your prayer. For 21 days the Spirit, prince of the kingdom of Persia, blocked my way. Then, one of, then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. Wow. Here I think that through my prayer and through my supplication to God that I'm unlocking what He needs to do for me when all the while He's been working in the background at a much greater level, at a much greater way. Here I am lying around thinking I can't get around, that I'm too stupid to overcome, that I can't get there. And I, why bother? Why carry on? And there God is working in the background. Here I am thinking that God doesn't care. He's not doing anything for me. Nothing's going to change. God probably doesn't even care about me. And there I begin to pray and I call out for the first time in absolute desperation. And, and I think that the very first time I cry out to God is the first time that this event is coming to His attention. God is everywhere, all the time. He is very aware. He needs you to cry out so that He can hear your heart. He understands what your desire is, but He's working. He's working in every eventuality of every decision all the time. That's what makes him incredible. If I go left, God will be there. If I go straight, God will be there. If I go right, God will be there. And even if I don't go right, God will be there. He is working for me in every eventuality all of the time. Can you remember the heartfelt cry of your first prayer about a bad situation? That immediate response that Pastor Jacob must have felt when, when that doctor came to him and said, your little baby was stillborn. He was born without a heartbeat. That moment that that first cry left Pastor Jacob's heart, that was his heart's desire. There he was, not turning to the doctor, not trying to make a plan on his own, but he heartfelt calling out and giving Urias his baby and all of his plans to God because he knew of the promises of God. He knew of Jesus' thinking towards him and he knew that God was doing much more than could be immediately seen. Remember that first time you cry out to God and understand that at that moment he's feeling that too. He understands you and he's doing much more than you think. Number three, God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. Until you understand your weaknesses, you won't appreciate God's strength in your life. Until you understand that your authority is because of Jesus, you will never have genuine authority. Because you understand, when you become to understand that your privilege is in Jesus, well then you won't have privilege. Daniel chapter 10, verse 17 to 19 concludes the story about Daniel and it says this, How can someone like me, your servant, Talk to you, my Lord. My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. 
Then the one who looked like a man touched me again, and I felt strength returning. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. Until you feel that you've put down your strength, that your strength is gone, God will allow you to operate in your own strength. But until such time as you understand that you can only go so far and no further on your own strength, and when you get to that line of so far and no further, instead of turning to anger, instead of turning to belligerence, instead of turning to blame, we turn and say, this is as far as I can go. It's now up to God. I have prayed. I have brought my decisions. I have brought my mind. And now I submit it before the Lord. That is when He calls you precious. That is when He calls you be encouraged. That is when He calls you with authority. That is when He gives you privilege. When you put down who you are and you genuinely stand up to be who God has called you to be, precious. So number three, God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. I'm not talking about your ailment being your weakness. I'm not talking about the situation being your weakness. No, I'm talking about when you humble yourself. In spite of everything crying out in you to make a plan yourself, you step back and you stand in faith. You stand in faith and you decide for Jesus and you respond to Jesus in faith. That is how God's incredible mercies become true in your life. Understand and believe with everything that you've got that He cares about you more than you care about yourself. That He's doing more at the moment than you even begin to understand. And that His strength is made complete in your weakness. That is how you respond to God in faith. That is how you knit the imagination of your mind with the Jesus of your heart in this wonderful thing called faith. And that is when He can unlock an incredible life for you that's devoid of the way the world thinks, week number one. It's devoid of how the world will have you promised as an eternity, week number two. We receive God's promises, not the world's. And finally, we will stand in faith. We will not stand on our pride. We will not stand on our own plan. We will not stand on our own thinking of who we are and what we can achieve. No, we will go there and no further because we want to give all the honor and all the glory to the solution that Jesus gave us, to the solution that God gave us through the birth of Jesus Christ, which started a story which wouldn't stop until it saw you in heaven. Wow, what an incredible message to be able to respond humbly and yet be built up in strength. Don't leave this message area today without responding to that story. Your proper response to Jesus is to tackle life with faith, faith in Jesus. Faith in how he thinks, faith in what he says, and faith in every promise he's ever spoken over your future. That is our proper response to Christmas. No matter where you are in that journey, still trying to figure out what the promises of Jesus mean for you, still trying to figure out if Jesus even existed in your life, still trying to figure out things, no matter where you are, you have an inbuilt desire to respond to the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. It almost stops the entire known world in its tracks when it's told. Every single 25th of December, the world comes to some form of reset, some form of, of restart, some form of look in to Jesus. Every single person who even says the word Christmas is in fact saying the word Christ Mass. 
It's the beginning of the story of Christ. Maybe that story hasn't really begun for you, but you know that there's something in that story. Maybe that story has already begun for you, but you've been walking that story out a little bit according to your story and not the story of Jesus. Maybe today this message triggered something in your heart that said, yes, I want to do more with Jesus as my focus. I want to respond to Jesus a little bit more than what I have been. Just take the first step. We'd love to know that you are part of a group of people constantly working their lives towards Jesus. This is not a one-size-fits-all approach. This has got to be what you desire, what you are thinking right now. Whether you're coming back to Jesus to say, hey, Jesus, I'm putting you squarely back in my Christmas. I'm putting you squarely back on the throne of my life. Or whether you're coming to us today and saying, hey, I've never had Jesus squarely in charge of my life. How do I do that? How do I, how do I go about getting this done? If that's you right now, why don't you click on that banner on the link in the chat room and we'd love to just get to know you and find out where you are on the spectrum of responding to Jesus. We're not going to force anything down your throat. We're not going to try and make you believe something you can't or won't. We just want to show you some tools that can help you, first of all, figure out where you are with the promises of Jesus, the mind of Jesus, and the deeds of Jesus. We want to help you understand that you can believe, accept, and you can genuinely walk out the promises of God in your life. That's how we respond to Jesus, that you are precious, not pathetic, that you are loved, not rejected, that you are, in fact, a person, a being with an incredible destiny, that your destiny is not your past, that God has an incredible future for you. These are the things that the God has given us through the birth of Jesus Christ that we can begin responding to. Go ahead right now and click on that banner. Reactivating your response to Jesus or activating your response to Jesus for the very first time, we have resources. We have people that will answer your questions. And we'd love to journey with you as you begin genuinely responding to Jesus this Christmas. Thank you so very much for joining us here at Victory Life Church Online. We love you and we appreciate you. We're going to pray and then we're going to go over to the chat room. We're going to hand you over to the hosts and you'll be able to just be with them, ask them questions, respond to this message, see what, say what you think. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear who you are and where you're coming in from. So let's pray together and get you to the chat room. Father, we thank you so much that we can come together from wherever we are in the world Thank you for your incredible mercies. Thank you for your incredible promises. Thank you for your incredible story, the gospel story of Jesus. As Jesus arrived into this world as a baby, humbled, you grew him in stature. You grew him in authority. And so as we receive Jesus into our world, you grow us in authority. You grow us in privilege. And we can activate that simply by having faith. Thank you that you provided all of this for us. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, you jump in, join the host for some chat. Say hi to them. Love to see you again very soon here at Victory Life Church Online. You be blessed. See you again soon.